and did did the report live on television with no trousers on. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and they're called trousers. They're definitely not called pants, right? <laughs> do you have? Do you ha- wait? Do you have trousers over there? What are you trying to ask? I think you should rephrase that question. <laughs> do you have like long bits of material that start around your waist and go all the way down to like your ankles? What would you- Ben? We're, ben, this is a family friendly podcast. You can't you can't ask me questions like that. <laughs> We've broken Stephen. Howdy, everyone. I'm Jordan. I'm Steve. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. Welcome to Fireside Swift. So, uh, Steve, how you doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I, I guess we talked about this a bit before we started the show, but uh, I really love this time of year, but I hate the transition into this time of year. So what I mean by that is we've just entered daylight savings time, which really screwed with my sleep last night and planning this podcast, because I guess in my head, I didn't think too hard about it. I assumed that if your country participates in daylight savings time, we would all participate at the same time. Not the case. That's not the case. (laughs) I was surprised you even did it. I I wasn't sure. Yeah. Well, not, and here's the thing, like not every state does it the same. So like, so it's like, think about the United States as like 50 different countries, like tiny countries. And uh, so like Arizona, which, you know, probably the, the smartest of all the states when it comes to daylight savings time, only does daylight savings time and does not participate in regular time or but here's the thing. Daylight savings time is the majority of the year for the rest of us. And we call the other one standard time, even though it's only like four months out of the year. <laughs> now, another fun fact about Arizona, also known as America's broiler. <laughs> got Especially that Phoenix. Got that geography fact in quick. You <laughs> <laughs> did. I thought we were going to stick to world facts so Ben could understand you, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but on US facts, you, you guys have got um, three time zones, haven't you? Four. And yes. Are you saying they four, haven't four. all moved? Well, four in the contiguous US. Then Alaska is on a different one, what? and Hawaii is on another different one because they're farther. Oh. they're farther west. I was thinking of Hawaii, but yeah, okay. That we have four within the continental US. Yeah, four. I thought within it was three. The, four. It's oh, mountain and eastern the, central okay, mountain. Yeah. Pacific. Yep. Four. I'm not aware of this mountain mountain time. Um, so some of you got and some of some of those time zones changed to uh, daylight savings or so, not. Some of them so haven't. All, all. Oh man! All of the t- <laughs> time zones switch to daylight savings time, but some of the states, namely Arizona, don't participate. Ah. So Arizona, <laughs> Ari- so Arizona stays Hawaii, on standard time year round. Hawaii, I think, also mm-hmm. does not participate in the time switch. 
New Mexico is actually bouncing a law around in our state legislature right now to also not participate, but to not participate in the other direction, and that New Mexico is talking about staying on daylight savings time all year. Well, isn't that what Arizona does? No, Arizona stays on standard time all year. Oh, in, in California, we recently did vote to stay on something, but I think it's contingent on other states doing it, too. It, I think it's the same thing as New Mexico because they're talking about staying on daylight savings time. But the way the federal law is written, it's and it it's my understanding, it's just the way the law is worded allows for states to choose to stay on standard time, but does not allow for them to choose to stay on daylight savings time. And it's not like out of intent or anything. It's just how the law happens to be worded. Uh, I hate this so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyways. It's all right. uh, We're all going to Mars. Because <laughs> we screwed up Earth so much. Uh, Chris, how's, uh, how's your uh, week been? Yeah, no, it's going well. Thank you. Um, I know I sound a bit like a broken record, but work's been pretty busy. Um, although, to be fair, it has quietened down a little bit. I think I did say last time we spoke, which was last week, this week should be a little quieter than it was before and um it has been so that's been good and actually over the weekend just now they've started to get things going with this this project that we're working on to get it into production so we'll have to wait and see what what i come into tomorrow morning but so i haven't heard much which is which is good news um other than that it's been quite a quiet week to be honest i think the highlight of the week was friday night um my wife and i we finished watching tiger king i don't know if uh, I know we're about a year late to the to the party here, but um, yeah, it was um, something we thought we'd. It was one of those things we weren't sure whether or not to watch it or not. But I think because everybody had gone on about it so much, um, it was one of those things we thought we we should probably see. And um, yeah, very very interesting. Um, fa- yeah, fascinating program. I don't think I'd, I don't know if I'd watch it if I'd known what it was about beforehand. But now that I have, I think at least I can contribute to yeah, what you know what it's what it's about. But that was quite interesting, at least. I also I don't know if um I don't know if this is a thing in the US or if, if you're aware of this person. Have you heard of Louis Theroux? Ben, no. have you heard of Louis Theroux? Yeah, he's a British, I'm a, I'm a he's massive a British, fan. Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. I absolutely love all of his work. He's a British broad, uh, uh, documentarian, I suppose. But he's he's so good at how he does it and um he interviewed um the guy from from tiger king joe uh joe exotic um about i want to say it was about seven or eight years ago so it was before this program was done and it's very interesting watching that we watched that back afterwards and it was very interesting Mm. watching that back but i think it was before the guy joe had had kind of tipped over the edge a little like a little bit Um, he wasn't as eccentric as he came across in this this tiger king documentary but, gotcha. Yeah. No. It was. Um. It's been a good week. Um. Yeah. I can't complain. Well, then speaking of speaking of documentaries, I I finally watched the Spinal Tap documentary. You did. Yeah. I did. Oh, amazing. I watched it. it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Isn't it? I can't believe that actually happened. That people would just let people do mm. that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All real. But you know. Well, you know, real they talk, insight they, you know, into rock and roll culture. But you know, they tour as a real band. And, and play Today. festivals, and pretty much to this day, what? I think. Yeah, they still go. What? I think they're still going. That they play great. download it and was... big festivals, and it's not an it's not an ironic thing. They actually they go on and they <laughs> they play music that they've written. What? And uh, and it's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It was fascinating. <laughs> I've never, yeah, I've so never seen know, it either. 
That's funny. Oh. It, it's it's really funny. It's funny. There, there there's a reason it's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Like it kind of spawned even things like The Office and that were very much taken away from the Christopher Guest and that kind of mockumentary oh, okay. style was kind of spawned in Spinal Tap and then just influenced TV and now it became yeah. like predominant. It's amazing. It's incredible. Like the performances are, are outstanding. It's so believable. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. It is actually believable, but like it is just like a little bit over the top. So it's like it's believable almost, and it's yeah. just like that those those situations that occurred that are in the documentary. That if it was a real documentary, they wouldn't have it in. Yeah, it, that you're like, oh, okay. It's yeah, it's just being silly, but it's 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 well done. I'm so, <laughs> I'm really so well glad done. you enjoyed it. Awesome. So happy yeah. you're next. Yeah, yeah like, you watch it. I do like The Office, so if it's kind of a similar sort of mockumentary kind of vibe, then I think I'd probably enjoy it. Plus, it's See, music, isn't thing. it? So. I don't like The Office. You know, I'm, I'm one of those weird people who does well, not like The Office. Which one? But I, yeah, I love... this is the important question, I think, because I've only seen <laughs> the UK version. Oh, I've heard the UK version is better. Uh, the it's the US incredible. one is the only one I'm familiar with. Huh? It's a masterpiece. Oh, it, it's not. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not. I have been watching uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which is oh, yeah. hilarious. Oh, I've only Very seen the similar. film. I haven't seen the series yet. I haven't seen the film yet. The I need to see the film. is fantastic. I recommend just going onto Taika Waititi's IMDb and just watching from start to finish. It's, every film is, yeah. is amazing. All right. <laughs> so, Ben, how are you anyway? Uh, oh, yeah, well, um, speaking of broken records, my uh, audio player is still not working <laughs> exactly as expected. Oh, no. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were meant to release on Friday and, and QA just keep uh, finding just little things. But it's getting to the point now, well, of having to decide things like when a player plays to the end of a track, what do you do? do I, I had it, it, so it obviously stops the audio and then the, the, the track is at the end and it stays at the end. But if you do any sort of other interaction, it will start playing from the start. They're like, no, we don't want it like that. When it reaches the end, you need to move it back to the start and st- and also stop it. And then, yeah. So, and, and when I looked at all the other players and they were sending me Spotify clips and it's okay, it looks like that is the done thing. And also, if you're pushing the fifth, plus 15 button, what do you do when you get to the end of the track? So, I was having it so the that button didn't do anything if there was less than 15 seconds remaining. And I thought that was the smart way to handle it, but it turns out no one else does it like that. I just thought, well, you <laughs> no. can't skip 15 seconds and you wouldn't be trying to go further if you're trying to stop. You would just push the stop button. Therefore, don't do anything. Um, but no, apparently that's wrong and I should be... Uh, <laughs> in this case, going to the end and I think staying at the end... Uh, yeah. But either way, yeah. So I did, I did that, and then that broke some more things. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of just been going. But I think I'm getting towards the end of it now. It's super edge casey, uh, and the, um, I uh, I really enjoy having QA. Someone saying they've managed to mm. find these really obscure bugs. Like if you if you play one track all the way to the end, and then you play another one part way and then push the plus 15 on the one that's finished it will play both at the same time oh wow <laughs> i was like that is an incredible catch yeah it'll probably never happen but it just i was just re- i found myself really grateful at that moment that we had people mm-hmm. were actually thoroughly testing everything so um i've just got to fix that and that will go in on monday and we can release um and in terms of the app launch 
uh, on the football today, so the big kind of Arsenal game that some people watch football, um, Mm -hmm. not me, and uh, there's like a massive banner all the way around saying download the Adidas confirmed app and it's got a link to the website and everything like that. And that's just amazing to see an app that I've built just advertised on like the highest level of advertising. They've obviously put loads of money uh, into getting to people onto this app. So that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, it's all, all going well. Everything's good. How about you, Jordan? Having a good week? Having a good week. Having a very windy week. Um, but that's just springtime in New Mexico. That's, that's how it goes. Um, my busy weekends are going to get slightly less busy. I'm, I'm, I don't think I've talked about this with any of you. I'm, I'm actually I'm playing two games of Dungeons & Dragons simultaneously. Well, one on Friday, one on Saturday. But my Friday game's about to draw to a close. Mm-hmm. And, uh, how do you, how do you and, play them? And, and, Are they on uh, video chat like this? Yeah, we we do it over over uh, online because you know no one's no no one's meeting in person. But that one, okay. That, so you're just wearing so, the cape from the the head up. Um, waist down. <laughs> 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 uh, it's one of those. So this group isn't going to just start a new game, you know, as soon as this one I don't ends? know. This this particular game that's about to end, my, my, I'll just call it my Friday group and Saturday group. My Saturday group, we're mm-hmm. on our second game. We played a really long game and then ended it and mm-hmm. immediately just started a new one, and we're only on our, like, fourth or fifth session there. Our Friday group, okay. this game has been going for six or eight months at this point. Um, and <laughs> So you're tired of and, each other is what you're telling me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, not totally tired. It's a, it's a good group. It's just been a really, really long time. Um, but I think our uh, our game master told us that we only have two sessions left, and he didn't think we'd get to this point because because I guess we didn't realize we'd done it. But we we uh, the the campaign was supposed to have a there were a lot of little side quests and side content that we could do, and we've he told us after the end of last session that at this point we have done literally everything there is to do except for the two boss fights. <laughs> We said there's two sessions. That's like a left. video, video game no more. 100% completion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> is a world I, I want to see how like, like, you get to the final boss fight and lose in that. So. Oh, that would be great. I would, <laughs> it's all I for would not. love that. <laughs> all for that. All for not. Have you uh, oh, heard anything good. more about, uh, about your job uh, application? I haven't. Um, I haven't heard anything back yet. I did. Uh, send a follow-up email just to, to the people that interviewed mm. me just to check in and say, hey, you know, if there's anything I can do to help help you out. No, I'm not rushing anyone. Um, <laughs> just <laughs> but, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you out, send that follow-up email. Haven't heard anything back yet. I I am not super surprised. The job is, again, without saying exactly what it is or, 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 or who it's for, it is a, a government position, so I'm not surprised that things are running slow on that end because that just seems mm. to be the way government mm. things go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very much so. You know, they were saying well, no news is good news, right? So. Yeah, and I, yeah. I imagine on, on that on their time frame that you know that you know urgently hiring or hiring quickly, you know that that could be three months. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> well, fingers still fingers crossed. Still yeah. Crossed. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of follow up, let's uh, let's get into some right. of our follow up here. Uh, we heard on Twitter from uh, Jason Mitchell, so that's at dev underscore j Mitchell. Uh, love the updated theme song. 
And then also Joe Cabrera, Joe, at Joe Cab, of course, um, says uh, that new closing theme is great. Even Zach got in there. Aw. Yeah. So uh, if, if, for those of you who didn't notice last episode, we got our season two theme song. I've been debating whether or not I should George Lucas it back into all of the episodes of season two because it's such a great <laughs> song and I'd like to go do that. But I also don't know if i should alter those episodes so let me know on twitter if you think that's a good idea or not um uh, but that's something i was thinking about doing uh is that way all of our season two episodes have the same theme song but I, I don't know. I what do you think, guys think i think there's conversations about the theme song within those episodes that would be out of context if we had a different th- song yeah okay. yeah there is that also there this, is that this, this does you know obtuse kind of way call back to the conversation we had about twitter earlier today where we argued that you know editing twitter you know maybe maybe shouldn't allow allow the editing <laughs> a tweet so that you know once it's out there it's out there maybe the same should be true for fireside swift episodes maybe that we're on episode five now that was episode four that finally got the season two song i don't know it's a little weird that uh season two starts on episode four well, I, I yeah. <laughs> no, no, we make it very clear in episode one that season two is starting. <laughs> For well, three episodes, episode zero. the song tells people to talk to Zach. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they'd have listened to the show, so they'd yeah, have understood I, he's not there, I suppose. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, they go, who Anyways, is this Zach uh, guy? That, that is the first yeah, time the they would have guy, ever yeah. heard of Zach. <laughs> Of course, in the season two song, it does call to Zach as well, but, you know. Yeah, again, if they've only just started listening, well, they're going right. to think, who is so this confused. random guy that's come up? I, I guess mm-hmm. the song does explain that he has been there for, like, three years. Right. So if right. anyone's listening now and it's the first time you've listened, there was a person called Zach who's been doing it for three years. He's, he, he's one of the founders and he's no longer founding father yeah Yeah. he's still okay he's fine he's just not on the podcast currently yes that's Uh, true uh we also heard from several people i'm not going to read the specific tweets but uh, a lot of people thanking us for discussing json and how it actually is javascript and uh you know little bit of uh extra info there so you know hey that that I'm glad we can help you out. And uh, I think somebody even said there, yeah, uh, Brevin uh, Blalock, that's at Brevin Blalock on Twitter, said, having an interview for a web dev internship this Tuesday where, from what I know, I'll be dealing a lot with JSON and APIs. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that our episode did help you. Uh, and uh, hopefully that interview went well as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah and finally... What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let us yeah. know how it went. Unless it went Absolutely. awfully. I mean, I'm still curious to know. <laughs> he quoted the episode and they said, that's not, and that's not what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Let us know we screwed it up so bad that you just bombed your interview. <laughs> That'd be good to know. Uh, and last but not least, uh, Robert Ramirez. That's at Ramirez underscore dev. Uh, excited to hear about a possible Fireside Swift Slack community. Uh, Chris, what, what, is, what is he talking about here? I think we mentioned on the last show, didn't we, that we 
or did we not? I don't know if we did actually. We we talked about. Well, um, yeah. about well, we must have done. <laughs> yes, yeah. somebody yeah. mentioned it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, remember, loose lips sinks ships. What's going on here? <laughs> um, yeah, we said that we would be looking at maybe doing some sort of live Q and A session whilst we're recording, and so we said we were trying to think of the best way to do it. We talked about doing Twitter Spaces, and we're still exploring how we do that. Um, but Slack, uh, having a Slack channel, was something we talked about as well. So I think a couple of day, a couple of nights back, um, I've created a channel, but I think we're still exploring how we want to use it. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure we will use it at some point in some way. Mm-hmm. So we'll definitely yeah. tweet about it once we once we've got it up and running. We might do like a, a trial, you know, see how it goes. Um, so yeah, I guess watch this space. We'll, we'll tweet about it as and when. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right. Uh, so Ben. Why me? That's <laughs> <laughs> not what you're supposed you, to say. You love my segues more than anyone. Right? I think Ben should get them every time. Oh, That's man. what I was no, thinking. No, no, no. I was actually thinking in my head, like, who should I throw this at? I was like, oh, yeah, Ben loves my segues. Oh, I shouldn't have given you that weakness. <laughs> That's a okay. part of the show. It, yeah. Uh, so, so, Stephen. Uh, actually, I don't really have much of a segue yes. this week, so you, you get off the hook on this one. Because <laughs> okay, so <laughs> last week we did we were talking about um, how APIs uh, were formed on servers, but did we, we did we finish that conversation? No, we didn't. I don't think we came. We 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 didn't really scratch the surface of it. There's so much more to talk about. So here we are. Okay. Again. So what, what what else do we need to know about? Like I thought we I thought we got it covered with the postcards uh, connecting to the printer or sorry the phone connecting to the printer printing out postcards and then handing that postcard to somebody else. And apparently we decided in last episode that we were going to print JSON onto these postcards and use machine learning with the other phone when we're taking a picture to convert yeah. the JSON into objects into our swift apps and then share information that way do i have that correct that is correct and what we're missing is what happens to the postcode what the postcard once it's received by the recipient how does that person read the postcard and understand its contents and then relay that information to someone else or display it on their social media for instance in this world where there's snail mail and social media at the same time all right, so that, that that's a good point. We did not talk about that that much. So, um, th- how would you do that uh, in in a in an app that you're writing? There's real torment um, on Ben's face here. <laughs> uh, we, I, I think I, I feel like the segue's over now, and, then, and can, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I think if I was going, well, I mean, if I was learning iOS development, the first thing I would do is learn to do it using URL session. And mm-hmm. that is the, effectively the native Swift way to make um, a, a web API call. And there are lots of other ways to do it. And I think I wouldn't start with any of those. If anyone else can throw out some names. I haven't done it in a long time with libraries. So there's there was Alamo Fire. Alamo Fire, yeah. And I'm drawing a blank on any others. Hef, have you come across any <laughs> since you've been... Like uh, like API uh, web libraries. There's there's so there's quite a few. I think there's quite a few. Yeah, I think I've only ever used URL session. Oh really? Well, that's I, I, useful. I prefer URL session. I'm trying to think. What was the what was the one before URL session? Was it NS URL connection? I I don't remember. It I don't think I was even developing for iOS at that point. 
Wow. That this, this shows like, you know, like how you, if you don't work with something for so long, you'll forget. This used to be my go-to. I, I want to say it's URL, like NS URL connection, but I, really? could, I could be totally wrong. Was that wrong. an Objective-C? It was Objective-C, yeah. Well, URL session started out as Objective-C, I think, right? NS URL session? That rings a no, bell. No, no. Yeah. Uh, and I'm actually really curious if it yeah so it used to be ns url session then eventually i think swift 4 dropped the ns because they were trying to drop all next step stuff from the uh the framework kpis um and so uh it became url such i'm curious like how much of that is swift now like did did it become full swift when they dropped ns uh is it full Swift I don't or think is it they still rewrote, Objective-C? I'm not sure how many, if any, of these that they've rewritten. I mean, it's still an, an NS object, so that potentially wouldn't be the yeah. case if it was Swift. I mean, it still could be. <laughs> they Because if you, if you need KVO or anything like that, which you probably do with the URL session, you need to have it conforming to NS object to do that. Okay, um, you, you you used an acronym, and, <laughs> and I'm sure not everybody knows what that is. But why don't you say so, that out loud? Uh, okay, let's say you have uh, it's key value observation. If you have uh, an error property on on your class, and you want other classes to be able to observe when that error changes, they can use KVO key value obs- observation by uh, well, they can just add an observer to it, but they can only do that. If your if the original class conforms to NS object, otherwise you'll just get a compiler error and it won't allow you to do it. And I think it needs to be an Objective C dynamic var as well. It like it will the compiler will fire up loads of errors when you try and do it. Because I had to do it last week. <laughs> I made my own um, <laughs> observable error object so that if there was an error in my in my uh, AV player, the view controller could observe it and uh, throw up errors independent to the cells that are, that may have been dequeued. So that's the kind of instance where you might use it. Um, anyhow, so URL session, uh, I don't know, but I don't think they've rewritten it. I think most things are still in Objective-C. In Objective-C. I'm just guessing. We should ask Janina. Yeah, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> um, so, okay, so like, kind of just framing this, uh, last episode we talked about APIs, okay, and... You know, J- Jordan's going to write a server program that that exposes an API that our apps will use to bring data into our app. Uh, Chris and Jordan, I'm going to throw this out to both of you. How do you communicate to each other? How does Jordan tell you, Chris, w- what what you can do with this this thing that Jordan wrote? In in this analogy, what am I? Uh, you're the developer of the API, the the server API. And 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 what's Chris? He's the iOS okay, developer. Just, I was just just making sure. <laughs> oh, you're not going to answer my question, though. Oh, oh I, 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 I thought maybe Chris would start. No. Um. How? So how how am I going to communicate to him? How is he going to communicate? Back to me. Well, because this is this is this is really key. No, the, yeah, it, right it is. Um, I mean, in <laughs> wait, here's here's the funny thing. In 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 my limited experience, most of the the communication that I have done from the server side is is answering, is sending responses to HTTP requests that have been sent to me. But how 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 do you communicate what like? 
you're going to be able to send responses to very specific HTTP requests. How do you let the developer know that this request can be made, period? I think I think I think the uh, the the answer. I don't want to answer out of turn here, but I feel like you'll. Oh, sorry, go on, Hef. Before no, no, I've got a question. I was so I remember on the last episode you said to us that um, the API would be listening for requests, and I didn't fully understand what that. How I understand what you mean by 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 you saying that, but I don't fully understand what does that actually mean in terms of that it's listening, and also that you mentioned endpoints, and I don't know if they were connected in some way well yeah i mean to to listen for a request like if 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 i'm the api you know that 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 means that you know that i've got i i have an and i'm going to use that word again and then we'll circle back to it i have an endpoint that is that is exposed to let's just go with the internet in this scenario and and so the the endpoint is a specific you know url you know you know mywebsite.com slash you know well, at this point, it could be anything. It could be slash API slash whatever, and and the server is is listening for HTTP requests. You know, in the standard formats, get, um, delete, post, whatever the other one is. Um, it's it's listening for those type of requests to come in directed at that very specific URL. Um, and then when those requests come in, of course, it it, it takes it and it applies logic to it and, and sends a response. So that, and that's how the API. That's how the API listens for a request. Is that you? You being the app, you know, you you your app wants to ask the server what. Someone give me a hypothetical scenario. User, I want to know about my user. <clears throat> your app, your app wants to ask the server. Okay, well, what what the information is about this user, and the server has an API endpoint. We're going to say it's at you know you've got the URL and then slash API slash. Let's say the URL is firesideswift.com. Okay. Let's let's make this a little bit more Here specific to make it a little easier this to is, understand. For the record, this is not a good this is not a real endpoint. This is no, not a no real API. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the endpoint in this case would be firesideswift.com slash API slash and I'm gonna call it user info, right? So your app wants wants information about the user and and so it would send in this case, let's say an HTTP GET request to firesideswift.com slash API slash user info. The API is listening, is listening for a, not just for anything, but for specifically for a GET request to come into that URL. And when that GET request comes in, it it parses information off of it. In this case, you, you will send over the username you're asking about in some capacity, you know, probably on with some sort of REST parameter. And the API... <laughs> You know, takes that user takes that username in, applies whatever logic to it. In this case, you know, pulling up uh, other information about that username from from our database, our SQL database, our Mongo database, whatever it is, wraps it all up into a response, which is probably a JSON object, and responds to your GET request and sends that sends that JSON object back to you. Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah, no, that does make sense. So one thing I was going to ask on the back of that as well is. I know that when we do it on the iOS side that we we check for certain responses as well. Um, so these are usually the response status codes, I think they are. Um, mm-hmm. Does that hit your API as well, or does it depend on what we've, we're, we're requesting for? Well, so the, the, the response status code, 
I th- I'm think I'm correct here. The response status code is actually part of the response that I send back to you. And you know, because there's there, you know, there, there's the okay, one hundred yeah. through five hundred values, and, and each one of those, you know, categorically means means something. You know, like you know, you know. Well, typically a successful four, four. is two hundred. Yeah, two hundred, like yeah. you're, everybody wants a two hundred. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's like, like everything was good. I, I saw it, I saw it memeified somewhere where it's like you know where it's you know one hundred status codes mean mean wait two hundred status codes mean here you go three hundreds are go away. 400s are you screwed up and 500s are I screwed up. <laughs> that's, hey, that's, that's awesome. pretty accurate. I like right? that. Man, I wish I saw that earlier. Uh, yeah, I've le- I've learned something there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember like at one point in time uh when I was learning how to use uh, my old company's API and I was just like looking at the different status codes I'm like what is like 500? What does that mean? It's like what did I what did I do wrong? And uh I'd go ask the 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 web developers there. Go, oh, oh, we we messed up. You know, that's on us. And I I was like, what what is this? And I had to like look it up online <laughs> to figure it out. But that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the the status code in that case, the status code is if if I'm doing my job right as the person writing the API, when I send the response back to you, I will also send the appropriate status code along with it, which is you know it's to to whatever for this request went off successfully and here's the information that you asked for. Hmm. Whereas, you know, when it, yeah. Whereas like if you, if you sent me, if you sent me, okay, if you sent me the same request, but you sent it for a username that didn't exist, that's when I might, that's when I might send back my response with like a 404 status code on it or some 400 level mm-hmm. status code saying, Hey, that, that doesn't exist. Can't find it. And calling back and to the previous that? episode where we were talking about authentication too. If you sent a request but you weren't authenticated and whatever we're, us- we're using for session keeping, I would still send back a response, but I would send it back with a three hundred level status code saying "go mm-hmm. away." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like this is not authorized. And at what point do? So again, when we send the request from the from the iOS side, um, when I've done this before, we use different parameters and. Um, I suppose different way. It depends, I guess, what data we're asking for. But tends there tends to be um, the URL itself. But then within that, you can add different parameters within that as well. At what point does that get dealt with on the API side? So on on the API side, your your request comes in. It it comes into whatever endpoint it you know it comes in on the API, sees that, and then from there. The API will take all of the, the the rest parameters, or it'll take the the body of the HTTP request that you've sent and and send it. I mean, just thinking about the you know the way the that what server application is laid out in my head, it will send everything else that came in on the request somewhere else to be processed. And typically, that that something else is you know it's it could be just a single string that came across as a rest parameter. It could be like a whole JSON object that you sent over. So going back to my initial question, which is very similar to what Chris asked there, how does Chris know what to send you, Jordan? Um, my top-of-the-head, not snarky at all answer is because Chris read my documentation when he built his application. 
There we go. That was the original answer to the question I was looking for. Documentation. Uh, so this is really this is really interesting because especially like when we are working as iOS developers and we work in a compiled language, all in the same language documentation can happen within the code. Um, I expose certain functions or certain properties that uh, another developer can see maybe in a different framework or whatnot, and they could use it. And so they know that like, if I have this particular object, the signature for the function looks like this, and I I can expect to get this kind of answer out of it. We can't do that with uh, APIs and you know like talking to a server API, uh, and so it's like the way that you Jordan communicate certain things that I you know Chris and I and, and Ben can do on the our client side apps is through documentation. And so, Chris, it's very possible for you to send the wrong endpoint, to send the wrong parameters, to send the wrong body, to to you know not put the you know not off like encrypt the authorization properly. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many things we can do wrong. And so, one of the thing that is, things that is most vital here is the documentation to let the developers know on both sides. This is what the contract looks like. This is how I need you to communicate with me in order to get the proper responses out of it. And I think on that as well, I think, um, you know, I've been guilty before. And I think especially as a again, a newer uh, iOS de- developer, um, once you get that URL or you, you know you can communicate with the API, you kind of think, oh, brilliant! You know, I'm, I'm, I don't need to read this documentation. It's it's easy. It's easy. Um, and then you 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 then end up getting the errors. And I think you then inevitably inevitably go back to the documentation and think, actually, I better read this because <laughs> yeah. Um, and once once you've done that, it does. I mean, again, sometimes you still get you have to tweak certain things, and and um, especially as a, a newer person just trying to understand it all. Um, but definitely, I would yeah. The documentation is it's the first place that I would go to now um, to understand, right, I want to communicate with this API. I want to get this data. What do I need to do to be able to do that? Yeah. Ben, you've been quiet. Uh, do you have confused. any comments on documentation? I've been, I've been enjoying the... the conversation. I've been soaking it up like I'm listening to the episode. It's nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, no, nothing particularly to add on this. I think... Uh, I'd like to go a bit more back to what Hef was saying about um, the parameters because we haven't really touched on on query parameters where you would have to, um, on the iOS side, I, I guess we should probably segue into how we, like more towards URL session and creating a request <coughs> that the URL session works with. Because this request mm-hmm. object is what you would add a query, I, uh, I think it's just called a query item. Correct me if I'm query, wrong. And query parameter is probably what it should be called, but I think it might be called items within the documentation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you can add uh, any of these. And I think what it is, is it's just a dictionary, which will then pass into JSON, I think. And then that can then be sent. And that, and that will go as um, a query parameter to the server. Now, I don't know. Like, I presume what we were talking about last week is how, in theory, you could put this this information in the body but really what we want is it to be a query parameter um and then it actually well, gets attached 
to the U- so it gets attached to the URL, doesn't it, with the the kind of question mark, and it gets added in that way. Um, yeah, sorry, go so ahead. So just 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 like it, yeah. the, just like language, there's certain things that are you could do and you could say things a certain way, but you probably shouldn't. Um, so, for instance, like there's. Um, like uh, it, it, it there there's uh, like an unspoken rule or maybe it is a spo- it's not really a rule because you can you can break this but in general uh with get requests you should use query parameters which is literally part of the URL like uh so you can kind of see this when you're browsing around on websites um you know, as Jordan was talking about the endpoint, and then we've got a, a path uh, after that, which are like slashes. We talked about uh, fireside fireside slash API slash user info. Now we're in a path, right? Those those slashes after the fireside swift.com are a path, and then you can add query parameters where we do. I think it's a it's question mark, yeah, right? It's a Jordan? Question mark. You once once you throw that question mark in there, you're not you. Your your endpoint is not evolving further, and now everything after that's parameters. Yeah, and so then you go ID equals, and then you put an ID. So it's literally part of the URL. It's public knowledge, and so this anything that's in that uh, that the you know the URL will be seen by sniffers and anything else that's looking at network traffic. So that's something to be thinking about. Like when you're when you're doing get requests, any parameter, and we and we form a, a, a URL session request, um, that anything you put as a parameter, a query parameter, is public information that everyone can see if they are on the network. So that's we're talking about privacy. That's something to so think about. That that's really interesting. So what do, what would you do if you didn't want that to be exposed and potentially hacked? So in general, like, let's think about logins, right? Uh, It almost seems like that's a get request, right? I want to get, you know, authorization, right? Except we generally don't do that. We generally post. Why? Because in general, with uh, get requests, all of your um, additional information you put as query parameters. But when we, uh, and then sometimes you put some stuff as headers, that can be encrypted. Um, so if you want to encrypt something, you could put it in the header. But uh, in general, like let's say we want to send a password over, we are going to post. Why do we post? Because with posts, you don't, you generally don't use query parameters. You generally put that information in the body, and you do that because you encrypt the body. Yeah. And that's, so 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 were we saying that's really that in- interesting. In, in the example we gave earlier, where, where Chris, where Chris's application, Chris's app is asking my API for information about a username, right? He sends the username across as a, as a query parameter. So we're just we're, we're saying it is okay for that that username to be public info. That's that's fine. Yeah, the username probably you send like a user ID. The ID could be public information, but you're not going to get information about that that user back. Be, unless you have the correct authorization header, and usually the way that's done is you have um, you know an authorization header with some sort of encrypted string, like or yeah, it's like some some string that's a key that will expire, and uh, you know that itself is encrypted. So okay, yep. 
Uh huh. So that that makes sense for all. Yeah, I, <laughs> all I'm, uh, I'm on the uh, I'm on the Apple developer uh, docs here, and um, I was hunting around for the query items, and I finally found it. And it is called. I was looking for query item, which is actually just a number type. What we want is query items, which is an array of URL query item, and all a URL query item is is not actually. Uh, it's, it's actually a struct. Um, we're, I'm going to click on it with a name property and a value property so rather than using a dictionary it's this special type that's basically just a string and a string um <laughs> but i'm not i'm looking through it and i can't see why i'm sure there's a reason but <laughs> for some reason it's not just a dictionary it's this it's this weird uh type um and but that in is, the end it's just a it's just a helper object to help you create that string after the url path that's all it's doing. It's adding the question yeah, mark and then it's adding those two strings after an equal sign. So, hmm. okay. And yeah, then that... putting a comma and then doing the next one, <laughs> putting a comma and then doing the next one. So it's a, it's a helper for us because we don't we don't like unstructured things in Swift. We want things to be structured. We want to be told what to do. We want to be told when we do something wrong. Sure. <laughs> uh, whereas it, you know, <laughs> a lot of the stuff on the, the web feels looser. You know. Uh, you're allowed yeah. to write it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Comparatively, like JavaScript. The, JavaScript has this very, very Wild West feel to it uh, when compared mm-hmm. with Swift. <laughs> I, yeah, I think um, it leads us perfectly onto the, I think, the, the next logical thing to talk about, which is URL components, because um, this query item... Uh, query items is actually just a property on a URL components, which is plural. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's the URL components because they're presuming you're going to have more than one because you're always going to have uh, so a host and, and things like this. Well, I, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you what all of these are. So there's yeah. I was curious. What, yeah. I don't. I don't remember what's on components. Uh, I would assume this is where you can add custom headers. Um, right, it's through components. It's um, it's it's where you can add everything. So you have to add like so. It's um, I mean, even password. There's, there's passwords. A, a lot of a lot of it, a lot of that stuff gets created for you. I know, like host and stuff like that. You don't you don't think about usually unless you really want to change it. You can, but um, I know for for us, like you need all those things when you send a request. Uh, but uh, we generally don't think about it much when we create our request in iOS. So, what do we? What are the key ones that people would, listening would want to know about straight off the bat? I think query items is one. So, if you're doing, uh, so you're well, the fir- first one I think is most important is the URL. URL. Okay, we can start. <laughs> yeah, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> URL I think is by far the most important uh, thing on there, um, and then. Uh, see, this is URL components. So this is okay. So yeah, Ben just sent me the uh, the the uh, Apple doc doc. So I'm looking at it now. Um, so this is like we you can convert like a string. So like let's say you got a URL off of something and it's a uh, it's in string format. Like we typed it into uh, the search bar on Safari. Um, so this this can be used for literally any kind of URL, including a file path on the device so that's what's interesting about this as well Mm. um you know you can use urls for not just finding something on the web um url can be used for 
file paths and and other things uh deep linking um yeah that's that's really common to use a url for but that's not a website that's not a file path it's literally a, a location within the resource app. locator <laughs> thank you that's what url stands for uh so in that sense the the yeah the most important thing is that url uh but it also could be the string that uh, you get out of it because maybe you want to tell somebody else what the url is um but uh yeah like with urls that url string like i mentioned before you can have query parameters there you're not going to have a body though you're not going to have you know other things like that so you'll notice that body is not a part of url you know we're, we're really just talking about that string you know for uh you know https you know colon slash slash firesideswift.com yeah, something like that. That would be a URL. Yeah, and the URL is then part. I think it's one thing. Um, it's one part of the request that you create, and that you just add your URL to that request. Yeah. Um, right. What's interesting is we're looking at the Apple documentation, and going back to last week's episode, we are just reading the API. So when when you read like the init, the URL, the string, the host, and everything everything that it provides, we're looking at the public API that the URL components structure gives to us. Does that make sense? And, and it, <laughs> Just... Yeah. Does that make sense? Because um, it is, it, it can be very confusing when we talk about APIs, because oftentimes when we say API as Ben pointed out last episode, and he's pointing out right now, we oftentimes when we think API, we think about a web API, you know, or server API, mm. but you can also say an API for accessing things on an object within Swift. Like this is the API for URL components. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Ben, uh, when Ben and I have worked on our project, um, like Ben said last last episode, we've been kind of working it on a kind of like API basis, I suppose. So I think if I hadn't done that, it would be a little bit kind of, it's still obviously trying to get my head around things and it's still new information, but it's not as new because we've, we started on that project together a few months back. So yeah, I do understand with how that is, how that's works. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think that that <clears throat> is a tough distinction, but like at, at the end, at the end of the day, the I is the most important mm. uh, letter in that interface. What is the interface you use? You know, uh, and one of the interesting things about programming is there are several interfaces. Like we've got our screen. That's the user interface, right? I, I see buttons. I tap on buttons. And then it's, it sends that now we have a, a translation layer between the physical world and the digital world. And that's our interface there. And so now we've, we can do something with those button taps. And, you know, we, we write our code according to the interface for the objects that it can use. And then there's an interface when we send a request to the web. And so now we've got another barrier we need to get across the phone inner, you know, the, the phone layer and now the network layer. Mm -hmm. And so we have an interface there and there's APIs on the server for, as Jordan was talking about earlier, he gets that request and he gets all that information and then it sends that to something else. Another object will take care yeah. of that information. Like, I mean, I've, I've done, I've, I mean, I've written similar things, things like that before where I, you know, my, my, the part of my application called, called the router, 
you know, takes in takes in the the get request that or the post request or whatever that it's received. In this case, let's just call it the get request. The router takes in the get request, you know, processes a little bit, figures out, oh, I need I need to get information from from my database. Well, I'm using and want you know my database is all written in in you know, let's say I'm using like a, a MySQL database. Well, I'm using an ORM to go between to go between my uh, web application to go between my server and my uh, my SQL database and the ORM has an API that my router interacts with so they can so they can pass information back and forth like there's what, what's an ORM? ORM? <laughs> I was going to say real quick what's an ORM <laughs> ORM it's it stands for I think it's 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 uh it's object relational mapping and it's it's a I got it barely it's like core data hmm? I was, yeah, I was going to say it sounds very core datary where you have. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like that. it's it's used. So. It's it's how how you can. Um, it's how like relational databases and then like object oriented languages can talk back and forth to one another effectively. It gives. I mean, my first example really wasn't far off. You know, you I have a SQL database and I stick this ORM on top of the SQL database so that I can make, you know, I can take this, this, I mean, in this case, it's not really object oriented, but I can take this JavaScript application and I can make requests into the ORM that the ORM then turns around, turns around and talks to the SQL database the way the SQL database wants to be talked, gets the data out and spits it back out to the JavaScript program, JavaScript application. Yep. Awesome. So you um, don't have to write SQL uh, exactly. SQL statements. That's, you let this ORM handle that. Mm-hmm. It's just like us with core data. We don't necessarily want it to deal like at the, at the baseline like core data could be working with SQL. We don't care. We just send a request to core data. I need a user object and it gives us back a user object in the uh, in the way we want to see it. That's what I was saying last week. You know, web development and client development is very, very similar. Like, we're not, we do use different languages, but like, you know, there there are a lot of similarities here. So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 thank you for bringing that up, Jordan. I I forgot that you actually do that. Um, And I'm, it's, it's, I I mean, just from, it's, it's way easier to, I mean, really, the, the the biggest reason I think of to do that for me is that it is far easier for me and less time consuming for me as a developer to 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 take that time to implement an ORM like that because then whenever I want to talk to the database, whenever I want to, you know, any sort of statement I write to the database, I can just write it in JavaScript, and I don't I don't have to write my requests in SQL. That's cool. Looks like you have a question, yeah. Ben. Uh, well, I was, I was going to uh, kind of bring the conversation back to the, the, the core subject of if we have time, um, <laughs> I think we have a little bit more, well, maybe a few couple of minutes. Yeah, I, I think we should probably start thinking about uh, <laughs> you winding, winding down. Um, well, hopefully this, isn't, this is well, relatively broad, but I think it's key for this conversation. <laughs> Um, and I, I'd like to know if if Hef has an answer to this, if it's not putting you on the spot. Mm-hmm. So, um, in your code, you've created a URL. Uh, well, and you've created URL components. And yeah, what do you do with that? How do you make a network? Re- we should at least cover how do you make a network request once you have well, the that's... URL components already made. <laughs> uh, it's very interesting you you say that because that was going to be the thing that I was going to 
come back to as well is that from we've talked about all this stuff from the um the API side and I know we, we knew the conversation was going to go further with, with, with regards to that but we've still not talked about okay how do we then do that from the iOS side how do we've yeah. got the URL like you say how do we then get that information um I don't know if um <laughs> It is too much to to talk about right now. Um, Right. Maybe this is a great place to stop and say, okay, mark this on our notes. (laughs) Next episode, let's start on a URL request and sending that directly to, uh, you know, sending that on the network and and how do we get that information back? So, because I've got, I've I've written my notes on URL session about two weeks ago. I'm itching to to, to talk about them. But I think, I think, yeah. We could yeah, talk I think about next yeah, episode. We could easily go longer, but yeah. uh, you know, well, uh, look, 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 look at it this way: we have, we have, we have filled in a bunch of a bunch of background information, so that now everyone's on the same page. And now, now, when we start talking about URL session and how how you're going to actually send me that get request, now everyone knows what everyone's talking about. Yeah. yeah, there we go. I, 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 I love this conversation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this is really interesting. I, I'm, I'm very much enjoying these. It is. When, there's not when, many when we picked. Oh, go ahead, Ben. Go for it. Well, I was going to say there's not many conversations like this because most things are usually just web or just iOS. So having kind of mm-hmm. the whole, uh, effectively full stack is is wonderful. Yeah, that's what it, I think. This was a good topic to pick for really our our first technical topic of of season two i think we all knew it was going to run deep that's why you know i mean eventually we're talking about you know trimming down who's on every week just to make the thing just to make the uh the show flow smoother but that's why we're all four here right now is because it's a topic that we're all four have have questions about and i we knew it was going to run deep i don't i don't at least i didn't realize how deep it was actually going to run we're we're two full episodes in now and we still haven't talked about url session yeah <laughs> we're managing to track well, it we, out, we, we? <laughs> we started talking about url session but yeah. we got stuck on the components in the url part of url session yeah um but no i, I do think this is interesting i think this kind of goes along with uh season two of fireside swift you know with, with zach and i our goal was to cover one swift topic a week um and that's fine and dandy until you really get into the nitty-gritty which honestly i think a lot of us need to hear uh and this is a really interesting conversation where we're going you know from the client side all the way through the network to the server side turning around and coming back to the client side which is what actually happens so i think this is a really interesting conversation a neat way to to cover it and i'm kind of happy this is the direction that fireside swift is going so you know, uh, for those of you listening, let us know on Twitter if uh, you like this new format and you like this extended conversation, or if you really want us to cover one topic an episode like we used to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, any closing uh, remarks besides those closing remarks we just said? There's still more jobs on my team at Adidas. If anyone's <laughs> interested, hit me up. <laughs> I'll, I'll be saying there that every go. week, I think. Nice. Uh, we don't have any shout-outs uh, this week. Uh, so I mentioned last week I didn't check, and uh, it didn't matter that I didn't check. We didn't have any new ones. So uh, if you are interested in us shouting you out, uh, just leave us a, uh, a review. Uh, you know, uh, if you just leave us a star review, there's nothing for me us to talk about. Uh, so just to you know, say a little something. We're still waiting for you, Zach, to, uh, to leave us a review. Um, so, you know, just going to call you out specifically. 
I, he said he does, um, <laughs> but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's he's gone forever. I don't know. <laughs> there's your there, there, there's, there's your sound bite. Zach's gone forever. Zach's gone <laughs> forever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, any other uh, announcements we need to make? I think the only thing I wanted to mention was I talked about the Dev Community Survey last uh, episode. Um, I won't go over what I talked about on that episode, but um, I would definitely, if we could leave the link in the show notes again, a really good repository of, of how the iOS Dev Community is kind of feeling about Swift. Um, but also, I think it'd be really worthwhile to just say thank you to um, Golden Pipes. Um, he did. A, I mean, obviously, we've had a few comments on the the theme there, and I'm I'm thrilled with it. I think it's brilliant. Um, so yeah, no, Mike Dillingham, thank you really very much. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much for for the new theme song and and for the previous one too. Uh, you know, it's it's yeah. I agree. It's, it's so cool. It's so cool to have someone like willing to do that and to do such a great job of it and for for free. <laughs> so uh, much appreciated. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you all for coming out, and cool. we will see you next time. Cheerio. Thank you very much. Sayonara. It's such a good feeling to be back with you, cause second season was long overdue. Let me introduce you to. The new Fireside Crew Chris and Ben are the English blokes Who correct your grammar and tell witty jokes Jordan is the baritone Steve's the one you already know Zach left to spend time with the shorties So raise a glass or tip your forties Giving props for the last three years And for helping out so many peers Now let's get down to business let the four of us beg your forgiveness for excruciating segway fun and mistakes that might confuse someone. Twitter's great if you've heard us slip, or if you want to share a pro tip, we're at fireside underscore swift. At fireside underscore swift. You can message the entire ensemble, or just one of us if you're more humble. We'll leave our handles in the show notes for you. And get back to you real soon If your message is a little too long There's firesideswift at gmail.com And firesideswift.com Firesideswift.com If you like the show, leave a review If it's five stars, we'll mention you On the very next show we do In a fortnight or two Yeah, I've, I've been uh, yeah. I've been woodworking all day. And uh, ben, when you're talking, can you talk into the microphone? <laughs> oh, we, well, only if you want to record this bit. Okay, here we go. Yes, yeah. the, the, we're yeah. recording. All right. Well, look, <laughs> I've, I've been ma- I've been making this. Look, I can show you my uh, wow. my work for the weekend. See my beautiful really nice. um, dovetail box that I'm going to be using for some storage. So at how some do you point. put that together? Because the is it just slot like a puzzle? Yeah, I guess it does, right? So, yeah, you, you make you make this bit first with the just flat uh, these angles, and then the second one you kind of score on the top, and you make this sort of angle, and you cut straight down. So one's got straight cuts, and the other one's got bendy cuts. Um, huh. It's yeah. So you don't use glue or anything. 
I, you I will, use glue I, or anything? No, there's no glue or anything, but there will be. Uh, if you want it to like last, you put glue on it. So, I've, but I've you don't of... want it to last. So, <laughs> no. Now this is yeah, of course. <laughs> I I uh, I've just finished it, but I actually don't have. Uh, I don't own clamps big enough to clamp all the sides at the same time, mm, so I'm going to have to go out tomorrow box. and pick up pick up some extra ones. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, honestly, just just doing two corners took me maybe I'd like to say six, seven hours yesterday. It took a long, oh, wow. long time, and and then the rest of the other two took me to like a good few hours today. And I'm hoping to get it down to a matter of maybe fifteen, twenty minutes per corner, but at the moment it's about an hour and a half. To get it to get How many it just right. More of those are you gonna make? I, I wanted to make two of these exactly the same and have them in a cupboard um, and like put drinks in them because at the moment, if you want to get to drinks at the back of the cupboard, you just can't do it without taking everything out. So it'd be nice to, uh, to do that, and then I should be a bit more proficient to have ones that I'd be happy to have in the house to to show off. So what but is it about power yeah, tools you don't it's, like? Yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. I, I don't really. I, I would. I, I had that decision to make. I was kind of thinking, okay, I want to get into woodworking. How do I start? And I had my friend who works in construction just saying, get all the power tools, get this uh, like miter saw and all of this and all these special drills. And then I had my other friend with an artisan book about how like how to how it's a craft and how you can like really enjoy every moment and everything. And th- and that just kind of appealed to me more. I thought it was a much more interesting thing to get into and and that's what I've done and I'm feeling good and bad about it like it is it is really great <laughs> <laughs> to to spend time kind of cut planing and stuff but just cutting dovetails out for like 20 minutes is it it, it is already a bit arduous and it's very it's very <laughs> hard and that particular bit isn't very rewarding so I'm thinking this would take 30 seconds if I had a like something powered but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I made the choice that I did. I've got loads of beautiful old tools, and I really, I really enjoy that. Um, even though some of them, you, like they fell out of favour, like r- hand routers that you can buy, um, just stopped being used for a lot of time. And now, because this guy has popularised them again, I just spent 166 pounds on a like a little block of metal with two handles, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, a li- and a little blade that goes through the middle because yeah. they're on eBay. And if you want like one of the yeah. old good ones, you have to yep. cough up and there's not many of them around. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been fun. How do you cut the in inner part of the, the dovetail without power tool? I guess I assumed you were using some sort of power tool. Yeah. So you, uh, <clears throat> after you've done the saw cuts, you lay it flat and you, you do a knife wall. So you kind of, but, uh, I've got just a, a standing knife, basically, it. and you score it, and then you get a chisel, and you go up to that line, and then you make the line even heavier, and then you chisel up to that line, and you do that, and you turn it over, and you keep turning it over, going further and further until you get to the middle, and then wow. it will chop away, and you're completely clean, and then you can just go in with a chisel and, and clean it all up after that. Um, wow. And then when you, when you bash it together, you can kind of look at the bruising and, and uh, judge... As it goes down maybe halfway at first, you can see where it's bruised and you can chisel just like thousandth of an inch at a time off until it fits just right. It's you, uh, Do you do you hammer it in a little bit and then ch- like chisel it while it's like halfway in or do you have to take it out and then chisel more? Uh, yeah, so you do, you, got, you, you cut the big block out and then you uh, start tapping it in place and then mm-hmm. you'll... 
I mean, I, I had one that I was hitting a bit too hard and it started to, like the, the actual dovetail part started to fray and then chop mm-hmm. off, which was really like, it's really upsetting because there's no, one, mm-hmm. once you've done a mistake like that, you can't really go back. You have to just, it's there forever unless you start again right. on that bit of wood. Um, but yeah, you just, you just chisel, 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 hammer, hammer, and you take it out, chisel a bit more and then you just keep. Oh, you take, so you do take, Sorry, you yeah, remove yeah. the two. Okay. So you yeah. want it to like, like slide in nice with like very little tapping right um no you actually want it to be hammered in you you want it you want a okay. nice like level of hammering so it really okay. just in there and it's so super take, tight. taking it out seems a little difficult then uh yep you turn it upside down you hammer it the opposite way from from the other direction and that way it will pop out which which is oh, terrifying man. but it's held up really well i'm i'm 75 percent happy with this i would say if if I was to give you a number on it, I'm, I'm <laughs> a bit upset. I'm, I'm, like you won't be able to see really, but there's oh yeah, you probably can see. I see the yeah, if it makes it to the show, the listener can't see. But there's uh, other things I'm not happy with, like there's gaps on the inside. Uh, mm-hmm. So on the inside, is this the first corners, time you've done this. Uh, yeah, well, I tried one. Well, the first a long time, time always ago. sucks, right? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say this sucks, but yeah. <laughs> no, it sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> there you go. So um, yeah, it's most, it's mostly there, but I, yeah, I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it comes to things like this, so I want it to be perfect. Um, yeah, my old one's just sitting up on my shelf with the Iron Man on it. Um, yeah, it's, it's been really, it's, it's been an experience, and it, but I'm feeling like my like I don't have a weekend anymore, even though yeah. it is my downtime. I just start that and then I'm back to work again because the, the time just goes and the hours fly mm-hmm. by before you know it. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 been fun. I like it. My, my office is trashed, and I can't wait until I've got a new house with a with a garage <laughs> where I can have my own workspace and room to do it, and tall shelves and things. Those are my aspirations. <laughs> yeah, it, I, uh, it looks really nice. You know, I, I, I you know, <laughs> if this does make it to the show, I want everybody to know <laughs> that it does look really nice, even with the little gaps. Thanks. I mean, no doubt I'll uh, finish it, it probably right. tomorrow night, and I'll probably tweet <laughs> about it I'll, once I've got the bottom on it uh, and I've got it all kind of polished up. Then I'll uh, I'll stick it on Twitter. I, I, one all thing right, I put- uh, sorry, hmm. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to change the subject. I was going to say, yeah, if if that if that goes as the after show, one thing I'd like to after show at some point is I want to talk about the Twitter edit button. Like the, Twitter that, the, the non-existing edit the tweet one that doesn't button. exist, oh. yeah. I think so you a, want to complain about another product? I, no, I want to uh, com- commend them and say, look, this is like there are there are no I would like to discuss the possible UX options for the Twitter edit button. I don't think you can e- edit a tweet easily. It's such a difficult problem to solve. No, it's it's a very bold right. design choice. And once you've tweeted it, it's forever. I think the bold design design choice would be to allow people to change their tweets. Because it's like, what do you do? If someone interacts with that tweet, if they comment on it, now they they no longer know what they've commented on. Because that could, that, was, that tweet could have changed. That's true. And the that same for liking, retweeting. Sorry, there was a Reddit thread a few a week or two ago, and um, how was it? It was the the, guy, the the original poster said, "Reply um, to my comment, and I will then edit. You can then edit your reply so that it makes him the, the original poster sound 
it just didn't make sense. It was really strange. I'd have to think of some examples. I can't think of any, but it was a really, really. I'll, I'll find the, the thread. Were there, and were there tweet examples it. of why it doesn't work? Of Basically, why yeah, it, editing it doesn't made work. the original poster look like a complete, yeah, I, I, horrible, seen, very horrible person. Yeah, not in context. <laughs> that's the problem. I've seen a few like that before. Yeah. Yeah. And people have said, okay, maybe okay, you can just change a single character. And then loads of people commented with all these examples of one character changing, completely changing the meaning of the thing. You can change a do like, yeah. uh, like do's to don'ts and things with very small changes. So I, I think the only way you can edit a tweet is if no one has interacted with it, then maybe you're allowed to edit the tweet at that point. But then and maybe if no one's even seen it. So it hasn't come on on anyone's timelines, and then you can edit it, and that way the first time it's seen, mm. it's correct. Because most people just want to change a, a typo, but usually it's once right. once other people have interacted with it, that's the point where they notice the typo, and then and at that point it should be too late to change it because it's or or I don't know, there's, it's so difficult. I find it really interesting. Well, one of the interesting things about Twitter. It kind of follows with human speech, right? You can't edit something you've said. You know, you say it, and then you you correct yourself. You know, yeah. like that's that's just the way speech is, and it can be taken out of context, which of course is not great. But like that's just the reality of speech. You cannot edit something that has been said. And so that that kind of is how Twitter is. You cannot edit it. You just have to, you know, you can delete correct it. yourself. You can, yeah, you can. You can delete it, completely. but that's also saying like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. Here's the new thing. Yeah, you know, and yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And, I, and <laughs> deleting is just like denying that you said something, <laughs> which you can do. I do it quite a lot. I I, I often delete uh, tweets that no one cares about i've like tweeted something and no one like maybe got one like in 24 hours and i'm just gonna delete that no this isn't helping anyone in the world yeah yeah maybe not as interesting as the discussion as i thought but i find it really interesting (laughs) it is interesting i know a lot of people want it i don't think it's been thought through by those people well i I think twitter has definitely thought about it oh yeah yeah i think the people asking for it have not thought about it. i think the people asking for it are probably people like you say who would just make the odd typo and think oh i don't want to delete the tweet and have to start again right um yeah like to be honest this is the first i've ever really thought about it and in in that example i gave with the reddit uh example you can see by just changing the 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 context or what you've said it completely changes the context of of the conversation doesn't it so yeah it'd be quite dangerous i suppose wouldn't it and then, uh, on the other hand, um, Facebook, I think, does allow you to edit anything that you've ever written. And I don't think it's ever really? been a problem. So, I mm. mean, if you wanted an example of why that prob- that might not be an issue, but possibly like, things aren't shared as much on Facebook. like, like Twitter's a bit more... Pol- can get more political than... Um, I don't know. That, that sounds, sounds like a broad statement, actually. I don't know. Maybe Facebook's pretty political, isn't it, actually? So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the dregs of uh, politics. Is Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> Facebook is, is the it the dregs? Thing. Yeah. I, I think I so. Mean, I, th- I thought that was like 4chan and like 8chan. What? I thought that was the dregs. <laughs> See, I don't know that. I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> Can we get more dreg than that? I don't uh, know. No, Stephen's right. It, I, I think I think once once you hit like 4chan, you you hit the bottom. Like you you can't you can't go any 
any uh, lower without using like the Tor browser. I was just like dark web that can get lower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ding! That's for that's for Mr. McSwift face. <laughs>